Welcome in everybody to what is another uh, at home, work from home, stay at home special edition of Second Shot. Uh, like I mentioned before, we are, gosh, we're just committed to contributing to you in whatever way we can. So we're mixing up the flow of the show just a bit. You know, we have to have Heath watching Brighton. I'm working next time. I'll watch her and he will work. And that's just how we're making it happen. And today, our commitment to you is getting you set financially and really bringing in some sound financial uh, information from a trusted expert. So welcome in to Second Shot. On Second Shot, we cover two new stories every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And at the heart of every one of these stories are people, just like you and me, who've had to overcome incredible odds, to face the greatest challenges, to struggle and fight back. But now, we're changing it up. In these episodes, we're skipping the headlines and going straight to the people that inspire us to grow, to be bold, seek change, and act courageously when the rest of the world may not. A second look, a second chance, a second shot. This is Second Shot Sit-Downs with your host, Jenny Anchondo. Hello, everybody, and hello, producer Matt. What's hello. going on in your home? Uh, things are, are nice here. I'm working out of a, a bedroom right now, um, and my computer's set up on an ironing board, so I'd say I have a pretty good home setup for this lockdown. I was prepared. You have a very luxe setup. So yeah. uh, if I don't know you, if you're watching right now, my name is Jenny Anchondo. I am one of many hosts on the Second Shot podcast, including my husband, Keith, who is right now um, playing with Brighton in the backyard uh, with Kinetic Sand. He got up this morning and did the early morning conference calls. Um, we know Zach is also working from home. So this was just kind of a, a special edition. Uh, and we wanted to focus on people's finances. We wanted to really just figure out how we can help people because I think, gosh, if, if there have ever been questions about finances, they're popping in right now. So I pulled in somebody who I have not spoken to for years, who was our go-to financial expert when I worked for Fox in Indianapolis. And now he's really just been all over the country. His name is Peter Dunn. He is an award-winning financial expert, CEO of Your Money Line and Hey Money. The guy's written 10 books. He has been on local, national, syndicated media all over the country. And now he joins us here on Second Shot. And we refer to him affectionately as Pete the Planner. <laughs> Hello, Pete. Jenny, it is so good to be back with you. Uh, I, it will not surprise your listeners and viewers uh, the level of kindness you've always had. Uh, in our house, you hold a special oh. place because when my daughter was on the news with me once, you bought her a bag of organic suckers to welcome her Aww. to the station. And so when she hears your name or sees your name, she still is excited many years later. Oh my gosh, please tell her I say hello. And I was joking with him before. I thought, oh, now as a parent, I realize Miss, you don't always love when someone brings your kid a sucker, but I felt like by doing it at organic suckers, I was at least, um, you know, had the right intention <laughs> at whatever time she was there, like nine in the morning, you guys were there like eight or nine in the morning. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, here, here's <laughs> well, I'm so excited to have you here. How, how is your family doing? I know that you and Mrs. Planner and the kids are all at home now. We are, we're, we're adjusting. Uh, you get a new appreciation yeah. for teachers, 
uh, for working parents, stay-at-home parents. It's a it's a new experience. I took our digital studio from our offices and transplanted it in my home office where I've been doing <laughs> interviews and calls all week. So on the thin threshold that is the door just off to my right here, you could hear some 11 and 8-year-old noise here in just a few minutes. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, it, it's it's fun and I almost uh, like it because now everybody knows to expect the chaos. Like any moment, any child could run through just like that viral video and we're just here for it. We're just connecting family time and work time. So let's, man, you know, like I said, you were the first person I thought of when it came to this topic and we thought we've got to give our people some resources. I mean, unemployment claims last I saw was in the 3.3 million range. Um, what's the advice, first of all, for people who have lost their jobs and they're finding themselves at home right now without, I mean, anything to do, you know, no place to go get a job. What's, what's kind of the, the big advice for them? Well, anytime there's job loss, there's this feeling of fault, you know, it's like, well, what did I do wrong? And I think the first place to start, Jenny, is to let these folks know is you didn't do anything wrong. You truly are a victim of circumstance. And that's not a dismissive comment. It's really important. You understand that that you are a victim in this. And so that doesn't mean you can't take action. And, and the action that we want people to take is to understand unemployment benefits, not only in the state in which they live, but uh, as we record this on Friday the 27th and the bill has not been signed by the House, the stimulus bill, use the enhanced unemployment benefits that are part of this stimulus bill that allow a person to get an additional $600 a month on top of whatever your state's unemployment coverage is for four months. So making sure income is flowing again is a big part of it. Uh, and, and make sure that people aren't just waiting around for the stimulus check. Jenny, that's a mistake that we've seen people make here in the last oh, okay. week and a half, because that's not saving anybody. It just honestly isn't. So what should, so, so what should they do? Should they file right now that you're saying don't wait, file now. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. File immediately file your unemployment claim immediately. And those federal benefits will kick in on top of that when it becomes law. Uh, there's other, some really great programs as part of the stimulus as well. Uh, if you have an FHA, which is a federally backed mortgage, also through Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, I know these, these all start to blend together. If you have a federally backed mortgage, you can defer your payment for up to 12 months with uh, with no penalty. Okay. So that means that you are struggling right now. If, you, if you're deciding between paying your mortgage in a few days or putting food on the table, the choice is easy now. It is put food on the table and you can worry about your mortgage in a year uh, based on this stimulus package. And do, do you have to call them or does that just happen? I don't want anybody to hear that and think, oh, Pete and Jenny said don't pay. Yeah, your, report, your reporter background is coming through there, getting that clarifying <laughs> yeah. question. In. Um, you have to file uh, with your mortgage lender. They'll likely ask a series of questions regarding your hardship. They will grant you a 180-day waiver. And then at the end of that 180-day period, you can either extend it or hopefully you're back on your feet and you continue on with your mortgage payments. Okay, so that's good. I mean, I think that that's some actionable steps that people can do right now. There is some stigma too. You know, a lot of the people that have lost their jobs right now have never been without a job. They're 60 years old and since the day they were 15, they've been working. And I, I know that that's a hard, you know, I hope that people can take away some of the 
like you said, maybe that, that guilt or that, oh my gosh, I never thought I would find myself in this position um, because there's not a whole lot anybody can do about it right now. You know, it takes a special mental awareness to separate uh, personal responsibility and accepted needed help. I'm a big proponent, as I know you are, and and a lot of your following on personal responsibility, but this is not Absolutely. a personal responsibility moment. Uh, we've got people that are really struggling uh, at any age. You know, we didn't even address or haven't addressed, and I haven't even addressed publicly my fears for newly graduated college students and what they're going to face. Uh, but a lot of people are struggling right now, and I think it's okay to gracefully, one, extend yourself some grace, and two, accept the help of others. I mean, that's how we're going to get through this is to not feel like a, you know, a drain on the system, but to feel part of this community. Yeah, yeah, I love that. What about people who are temporarily furloughed but are expecting to get their jobs back? So say uh, a restaurant manager where they think, you know, once the restaurants open back up, I think I'll be back, but I don't know when that's going to happen. Um, or any other, you know, closed business that are without work but expecting to go back. It should, should, what should their course of action be? Well, first, I think it's important to note that I think everyone should expect to go back to work. I think once the okay, virus yeah, yeah. slows, I, I honestly think the economy will open back up as long as we take the right amount. I'm not a scientist, but you could probably tell. Uh, as long as we take the right amount of time to let this thing slow, I think we'll be booming again. It's going to take a couple months, but for that furloughed worker, really cutting expenses now is super important that person would still qualify for the FHA forbearance program we just talked about with mortgage. And uh, if you happen to have federally backed student loans, you don't have to make a payment until October now uh, with this stimulus bill. So th those are all very helpful. Again, we're not solving anyone's problem thoroughly with this advice, but it takes some of the pressure off. Um, and and we're we're frankly we're going to need some good luck in terms of slowing the virus as well because at this point in time, you know the markets had some turmoil. You know this. The economy is scary. We just need some good news with the virus slowing down at this point in time. So with the with the student that also that's also a phone call. You have to call and say I don't intend to pay or or explain your situation. Oddly enough, they're just going to shut. Yeah, they're just going to shut those down. Uh, so okay. that means. Yeah, so that's good news, but you need to confirm that that's what happens. Don't call because the hold is long. Go to your online provider, uh, log into your account, and all you have to do is look in the payment due this month section, and it should be $0. If it isn't, you can put in a service ticket. And again, these are federal loans. Federal. Private loans don't work. If your loans have been purchased, that doesn't work. But those services, private and um, private loans, you can still talk to them about what your options are, but it's the federally backed loans that you're going to get some relief. You know, it's a, it's a good reminder at this point. It makes you think, gosh, if somebody's really young and watching this and thinking about getting student loans, or if their kids are thinking about getting student loans, it's a reminder about where you get those loans from in the case that something like this should come up again. Um, because these programs that are being offered, I'm glad that people can, you know, at least know there's going to be a little bit of a pause because those are the things that are keeping people up at night, um, you know, worried about everything coming due and them having no money coming in. What do you say to the people who want to, I don't know what the right word is, stop the bleeding, so to speak, with 
you know, they're watching their 401k diminish, they're watching, you know, the markets and they say, I want to pull it out. What, what are you telling them? Well, it's really important to separate uh, the fear that is out there. There are three areas of fear. The first is the virus. The second is the market. The third is the economy. We've hit the other two topics. Let's talk about the market for a second. Yeah. Uh, the mark, market is forward looking. So when it's, you know, gets weird when it gets volatile and goes up and down what's it what it's essentially saying is we are not confident that there is a plan moving forward that is sustainable so last week uh, that would be mid-march uh you saw a lot of volatility it settled down because we feel like there's a path forward if i'm not within five years of retirement that is to say if i'm six years or more out from retirement if i'm in my 30s 40s or 50s uh -huh. 20s as well I wouldn't do anything. I honestly wouldn't make a single change in my portfolio. Um, the market was down 37% from its high and then regained 20% from that. So don't don't make any market moves right now. It's not okay. going to help you in this situation. Up to which age? Uh, you know, I would say basically it's five years from retirement. So if you plan on okay. retiring at 67 and you're in your 60s, I'd probably talk to your investment advisor about some additional options. Don't make a move by yourself. This is uh, this is not amateur time to try moves out. You need okay. to talk to your professional. But if you're in your 50s and or below, I I just ignore it, which is weird advice, but it's true. I mean, I wish I would have ignored it. He said ignore it. I was like, I just have to know because we've yeah. got our whole careers, you know, putting this money away in here and to see it go away. But yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but I just think um, it is confusing for people. And I do think it's scary when they look at the statements. And so I just wanted to have you touch on that and reassure people that if, if they are, you know, up to that within five years of retirement to just kind of like leave it alone. So then here's the other end of this. Even if we don't pull money out right now, is, is this an okay time for people to stop contributing to their 401k? Say there's somebody who um, maybe is still working, so still contributing, but making less or getting fewer hours. Would that be an appropriate move or should we still be putting as much as we can into that right now? Yeah, that's a great question because um, if you don't have stability in the now, why are we trying to create stability for the future, which is a 401k contribution? So. If you need to increase your short-term savings at home, yeah, pull back on your contribution a little bit. If you're making less because you're getting fewer hours, 100% feel free to pull yeah. back your contribution. But if you have employment and income stability and you have an emergency fund, which I view to be three months worth of income, not only would I keep going in my 401k, I, I would argue that you could even consider increasing your contributions. But for those folks that that are struggling from a cash flow perspective right now, by all means, take a break. But when this thing turns around, be ready to increase those comp uh, those contributions right back to the normal level. Well, I think what happens sometimes, and I know this happened to me in, uh, you know, like 07, 08, I decreased contributions, but then once things got rolling, you have to remind yourself, okay, I got to go back on and log on. And um, for people who aren't, you know, Pete the planner, we're not on those yeah. accounts all the time. It was like a year later. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've, you know, I need to get back up to that level. So it's almost like we have to set a reminder on the calendars or something, or to your point, work with a professional um, to remind ourselves to kind of get back in business. 
Um, yeah, that, that's, a big, that's a big key here because it's the, the rise again. When we rebuild this yeah. sucker, people need to be ready to go because that's, uh, you know, that's where you win. That's where you win is in those early times. Is in the early times where things are going back up, right? Absolutely. That's why staying invested generally that makes the most sense because not only do you know, you don't know when to get out, you don't know when to get back in. And so it's a, mm -hmm. it's a nasty formula. That's why if you can stay in, that's what you should do. Pete, we are so grateful for your help. I've got a lot to ask him coming up in the next segment. We're going to talk about if you are somebody getting some of that stimulus money, what do we do with it? If you got a bunch of different bills, which ones do you pay first? What do you prioritize? And everything else in the financial world, we will continue in the second segment of Second Shot with our guest, Pete the Planner. Quick break to tell you about, gosh, a company that has saved us in so many different ways. You've heard us talk about myllc.com. So this is the space that we've gone to when we are setting up LLCs. They also set up corporations. And, and what they do is they make sure that all the legal stuff is checked off. And they also make sure that it's sent to you in the most succinct, efficient way. So that's one thing. The other thing that you get is, you know, I'm somebody that I was really new to business. I did not study business. This is uh, really a new part of my experience. So I was able to, you know, get them on the phone and have them explain what we were doing and what we were walking through. So they have actually made a really generous offer for our listeners. You're going to get $99 off the formation of a new LLC. So if you are starting a, a big business or a corporation, this works. Also, if you're somebody who's doing kind of a side hustle, it is, you got to protect that, that money in that business and put it in something separate and create an LLC for it. So the code is 99myllc, or you can go to myllc.com slash second shot, and then go through and that will give you the opportunity to save $99 off the formation of an LLC or a corporation. You guys know we wouldn't have anybody on here if we didn't believe in them a billion percent, and if we hadn't used them ourselves over and over and over again. So again, myllc.com slash second shot, or use the code 99MyLC. Welcome back in to Second Shot. We are trying to give you some ideas, some resources, some tangible tips with regard to your money. And we bring back in producer Matt and Pete the Planner. Hello. And we were just talking about how, you know who's really like on my list right now? It's not oh. the millennials, it's our parents. <laughs> it is like the retirees who think they are invincible. I see you guys running around. You're still going to the grocery store. Yeah. You're not lifestyling anything. <laughs> no, I talked I to my mom so the other friends. day and uh, they live in Virginia and she's, she's like, everything's fine here. We're going out and... Uh, you know, going to the store and going to see grandma. And I'm like, mom, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but you know, maybe try but I'm to tell you what to do. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It is. I'm hearing from so many friends who are, they're like, I've been home for 12 days with my kids yet. Granny and grandpa, <laughs> you guys know I'm mostly kidding, but, um, but it is an interesting perspective how there was all that video out there of kids on the beaches in Miami. Who are not millennials by the way. Yeah, no, those are younger than millennials because yeah. 
Matt, are you a millennial technically? Uh, I am technically. I'm right at the cutoff, eighty-two. So me too. Yeah. I'm an old millennial. Yes, right. we're old millennials. Heath, I don't. Heath is an actual millennial. Right. And then there's the people who are who are our parents who are like 20, 30 years older than us and are running around like nothing's happening. Anyway, you guys, get your parents, get their behinds in the seats. Tell them to binge listen second shot. Tell them to get on Netflix. Whatever. You got to get your behind home. <laughs> and now we welcome back in Pete the Planner. And I know that, um, Matt, you had a really good uh, sort of point and then also question for Pete that I wanted to make sure everybody heard. Uh, yeah, so uh, I love what everything that you guys said in the first segment, um, I mean, and uh, I and my wife are lucky ones right now in that uh, I'm able to work remotely, as you can see. Um, yeah. And I'm I love that poster in the background, by the way. Yeah, exactly. It's my trip to New York, <laughs> or sorry, this shoulder. Um, yes. Um, and my wife works for a grocery delivery company, so they have more work than they know what to do with. Um, but... I look around my neighborhood and I just see all of these places who um, said, yeah, you know, we may be able to sustain a couple of week lockdown, but really can't do anything past that. Uh, even big businesses that were fighting against closing because it felt like they were weeks away from shutting down if they had to close business for a while. Mm -hmm. And Pete, I'm just wondering if you have any opinions or if you think, or if you even foresaw some of this happening about how our economy seemed to be on really shaky foundation and maybe we weren't paying enough attention that a, uh, a hiccup and then this is more than a hiccup obviously because it affects worldwide but something like this that that um, would cause lockdowns for a couple of weeks or even a couple of months had the, has the ability to kind of completely wreck our uh, several businesses that we deal with every day. Yeah. So the New York Times put this best a couple of weeks ago. They said one person's spending is another person's income. And that's the economy we're in. You know, there was a couple of weeks ago that that meme or graphic going around where there were matches lined up and the the matches were ignited. They were burning along one by one in a row. And the whole point of slowing the viruses was to pull a match out of line to extinguish the flame so it doesn't pass it on to the next. And the reverse of that is actually true for our economy right now. What is happening in these low margin businesses like restaurants is that people are being pulled out of line, right? They are out of the economy because if I don't spend my money with them, they have no income, they're out of the economy. The process of, of you know reigniting our economy involves bringing those folks back in. I don't fault restaurateurs, small businesses, because of one, if you have a low margin business, it's not like you can build up a bunch of reserves. And then this next comment is something I've come to this conclusion recently, and I'm still trying to get my head around. You know, when the community is coming together to raise money for this cause or that cause or to try to cure this disease or that disease, they often go to these restaurants, ask for free gift cards, and then raffle those gift cards off for the benefit of right. the nonprofit, which sounds great when uh, you're in good times, but you think about that now, that is the margin which could have protected these places in times like this. And it's hindsight's 2020 guys, right? But it just, it crushes your heart. These restaurants that opened last week and then closed the next day permanently, it, it, it's brutal. 
It is brutal. So, so are you saying like maybe those giveaways and that generosity could have like not participating in that could have helped them in times like this? Well, theoretically, because again, restaurant uh, business, the margins are so low. When you earn revenue, you're not keeping much of it because of food costs and, and labor. And so anytime you give away a ticket to your restaurant in the form of a gift card, your margin shrinks even more. And so I'm not blaming the restaurants. I just want everyone to know. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. They're trying to do good by their community. Yeah, I, I honestly would say going forward, we need to be better about how we ask people in our community to support important missions. And I don't think going to low margin businesses and asking them for help makes a whole bunch of sense. I, I know I will never do that again going forward as we, as we think through these moments. Yeah, that's interesting, Pete. Gosh, that gives me some self-reflection for sure. I'm on the board of a couple of nonprofits here in town and 100% we do that. You know, we try to, of course, pay it back with advertising and events and things like that, but is that is that an, equal payback for them, who knows? So that's an interesting, gosh, it's an interesting point that you bring up. And I think that at least in Dallas, and I don't know, do you guys have this in Indianapolis, the option to do takeout? Some of our restaurants are getting really creative with doing takeout. And we've been trying to safely, you know, that you've got to sanitize all, you know, all the boxes that come home, but um, safely get takeout from, you know, as many of our favorite locally owned businesses as we can to try to just, you know, do our little bit of our little part. Are you guys doing that yeah. in Indy too? Yeah. So there is still carry out going on. And, and that's really interesting too, to try to tell this story. I, I hate to say the, the phrase perfect storm because it, a, it's a pretty decent movie, but it's the most overused <laughs> idiom to explain something. But the increase in you know those delivery services have also shrunk the margins of these restaurants because those delivery services take about 30% of the ticket, uh, which shrinks that margin even more. And so the solution to keep these places in business has been those delivery services waiving their cut of the proceeds to support the businesses. It's wild how the restaurant businesses are run and the impact on them during this really tough time. Mm, gosh, it's just, it's, it's tough. And I think that the part that's sad for me to think about is the reality that at the end of it, and maybe I'm wrong on this beat, a lot of these places will not open back up, right? I, I don't Depending on how so. long this goes. Yeah, I think the really well-capitalized places like the large restaurant groups will have some high rates of survival. And even some with power, we saw just this week, Cheesecake Factory just told their landlords, look, we're not paying you. We're not paying our rent because uh, we can't do it to survive. And so that, I mean, that's an interesting move. But how are these mm -hmm. mom and pops that went to their friends and family and borrowed $300 from this guy and $486 from their Aunt Helen? Like, how do, how do they get through that? And so I'll just say this, when this thing is over, um, we gotta go back out there and reignite these people. Uh, and because um, we owe a lot of people a debt of gratitude in this time, healthcare workers being at the very top of the list. Absolutely, yep. But these be people feeding us, you know, we are a dine out, carry out uh, society now. People don't dine at home like they used to. And so unfortunately those folks got the short end of the stick. I I think it is really interesting when you break down uh, 
when people were being labeled as essential or non-essential and you look at all the essential people and they were like some of maybe the most the lowest paid in our in our system but they are like the food service workers and the grocery workers and the delivery people and things like that and i think it maybe hopefully has created a lasting uh, appreciation for those people in our economy that like we don't necessarily look at them as essential but i mean the, the gas station down the street is still open and i can still go down there and get things that i need um and uh, i don't know what i would do if some of these places were closed you know i hope you're right matt I, i'm with you 100 percent. i hope that it is a lasting never forget message you tell your kids that they were not around when this happened uh kind of reminder and and i i, I definitely hope that that happens let's get in a little bit more in terms of, you know, per personal debt, personal finances. Um, for people who are going to eventually, I know you said don't wait for it, but for the people who are eventually going to be getting some of that stimulus money, how should people best utilize it? Are we paying down debts? Are we buying groceries? Are we, I, what's most prudent from the financial planners, you know, perspective? Yeah, so I think there's going to be three groups of people, three types of people, I should say, Jenny. They're going to get a stimulus check. There's going to be one who is currently stable uh, because they've got uh, employment stability and they've got an emergency fund. So there's those folks. Uh, there's the people who are right on the edge who need some more stability. And then there's the people who are frankly uh, unstable because they don't have income. For the people that are unstable, that, that money is about food. And I mean it, that that is not a euphemism for anything other than what you're putting in your face hole. Uh, you need to eat and that's your number one priority. Don't pay down debt. I mean, you do need to talk to your landlord or your mortgage provider about you know how you're gonna get behind on those things. But if you have no income, uh, especially if you don't qualify for unemployment benefits, which a lot of people don't, then that money is meant to help you. If you're getting unemployment benefits, which is providing some semblance of stability, I still wouldn't pay down debt. This is not the time to pay down debt, although you should probably still make your minimum payments. Yeah. Uh, for those people who are on the edge of stability, I would consider, frankly, just saving the money uh, because you don't know how long this is going to go. At first, it all felt like two weeks or four weeks, but I don't know. I mean, it, could it be 16 to 20 weeks from the beginning of this whole thing? And then the people that are stable, very frankly, very frankly, Keep it until this sucker opens back up and then throw it into the economy starting locally. Uh, hire contractors to come work on stuff in your yard or your house. Go to local restaurants. We rebuild by investing locally. We have to build this from the inside out, not the outside of our community in. So you have to take time now to identify your spending plan if you have stability and you're getting a stimulus check. Yeah, that's so important that we be intentional. Gosh, it kind of like that when you said that, Pete, it gave me goosebumps in a way thinking about building from the inside out and just um, the possibilities that await us in a, you know, in a positive way and the way we're going to be able to support each other. So I like that reminder for our community that is, you know, a little bit more stable, at least right now, a little bit more stable. The idea that we, that those people could hold on to it and then put it back, back in and be really a part of the, the solution there. Um, let's talk about older populations, people who are, say they were planning on retiring in five years, or, and maybe this is two separate questions, people who 
are already retired. What should those people do if they were, you know, getting their checks from their 401k accounts and things like that? Yeah, that's great because um, it, let, let's say you retired in the last calendar year, well, the last 12 months, let's call it that. Um, I would go immediately to your financial advisor and say, how does this downturn affect me? There's, and I, we're going to get deep in the weeds here for a half a second. Yeah, there's that's something called, yeah, there's something called sequence of return risk. And that means, uh, you know, your, your, your stocks and bonds go up and down when you're retired. But if you start down, at the beginning of retirement, as opposed to having an up year when you enter retirement, that is called a sequence of return risk. And that's one of the biggest problems you can have in your financial life. So you got to talk to a financial advisor if you've retired in the next last 12 to 18 months. Beyond that, it still can affect you. If you're within two to three to four years of retiring, Jenny, I would argue that this probably pushed that date back at least a year. And which is disappointing to people, but at yeah, they've got it on their minds. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And they're and just the worst thing going to the do, finish line. Yeah. The worst decision people make in this situation, because I've seen it before in 2008, 2009, is they say, ah, I'm retiring anyway. That is the worst thing you can do because it ignores facts and it's just, a, I want to, not that I can. Okay, so my dad just retired in October. So he's uh, we we talked about this. He's a, he's a big our whole lives big saver family, you know. And he said, "Yeah, I'm going to go talk to our you know I'm going to go talk to our planner and find out what we need to do. Is there a possibility? I know you don't know his exact situation, but if somebody else is in his situation, that these people are going to need to go back to work when when there are jobs again." Yeah, it really depends. Some will. Uh, it depends on the income sources. If your income is from a pension, it's unlikely you have to go back to work. Right. If most of your income comes from interest or returns off of your investments, depending on how your financial advisor has you structured, maybe, but there's a lot of really great financial advisors out there and they structure these things uh, for these moments. So they may have two years of cash set aside and that's what is being used right now. So when this thing recovers, those newly retired people are completely fine. Okay. And that would have been an ideal plan. It sounds like for those of us who are younger and thinking about the future is that you retire with cash and investments and, and all much. of it. Okay. So what do we do with, so, so debts we can call and say, Hey, explain the situation, right? Do you recommend calling every single you know, you call your credit card, you call your student loan, you call your landlord. Is that a, a thing? I think a lot of people have never been in a position where they needed to do that before. Yeah, it is a thing. And, and I think, and not to get super weird here, but I will. Um, Please I do. Like what, <laughs> what gets us through this is coming together as humans, which means communication. We've gotten so far off from how we communicate with people. I'm, I'm going to be very honest and critical of myself. I would much rather live chat on a, a website with someone I don't know than to pick up the phone and have a human conversation. I know it. Uh, right? Yeah. And yeah. so in this moment, we have to call up and we have to be honest. We have to say, look, I've not had income for two weeks. This is my situation. I want to let you know what's going on. You're not pleading your case. 
You're not trying to negotiate with them. You're just letting them know. And I think the best way to accomplish that, Jenny, is to understand the perspective of the other person on the phone. If I'm calling you, Jenny, and you're my lender, and I'm calling you and I'm saying, look, I, I, I can't do it. I have to understand how you're feeling about what I'm telling you because yeah. that will back down your emotion. It's not personal. I'm not even saying it's business. It's just reality. And I, I think sometimes when we disagree with someone or we think they're going to disagree with us, we assume they have bad intention. No, we all want the same thing. Like we literally all want the same outcome. <laughs> we just have different perspectives on that. Oh, so good. Um, yeah, gosh, be a human, call a human, uh, talk to them about your situation. I, I like that advice. And this is probably, this last question here is probably a whole nother episode that I would really like to do with you, um, you know, in the near future or when things get rolling again. But for, some of us are, are looking and seeing, wow, there are people who really set themselves up. They have that emergency fund. They are, are not stressed right now. What can we all do to be that person who is set up, regardless of what kind of the volume of our income? But um, is there a, is there a, a kind of a, a goal, a, a thing that these people were doing that other people were not doing that set them up to be not in a financially strained place when they lose income for a, a month? Yeah, so there are those people. And, and again, I am one of those people that I, I've got months of savings. But I would hope so, Pete. Yeah, you would hope so. I'd be the wrong person to interview. But it only takes away one worry area. You know, I, I employ 16 people, right? And so yeah. there's a whole other component to that. So it's not to say that if you're prepared for this, you don't have worries. And I know that's not what you were saying. Yeah. It's just a different angle to it. And I'll also say, there are a lot of people who are, you know, thought they were prepared for a moment like this, but based on the unusual circumstances here, they're feeling exposed. They're feeling betrayed by their own plans. It, it is, it's your, it's stress is relative, right? It's relative to your own situation, not to others. If, if Jenny, if I'm in a better position than you, or let's say this, you're in a better position than me, that doesn't mean that you, you get to have less stress. It just means that whatever you're dealing with is how you're going to feel. I have nothing to do with the situation. I think people struggle with that. They they don't think they can emote because they're in an okay position. It's like, well, it doesn't exactly work that way. You're allowed to work through your emotions. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I think, don't you think, Matt, we should do another episode on just like what we all need to have for a uh you know emergency plan and how we should get set up and well yeah. and, and by, by then shoot pete we're just taking all your services and broadcasting them <laughs> i think for Fine. my own Be benefit we should do that uh show i could probably use that more than anybody else yeah I mean. you know well isn't it interesting matt you know and i know you've done so many interviews over the years and, and i have as well and it's interesting the things that you uh take and put into practice and the things that you hear and act like they're advice for other people and not you. <laughs> I think, I think always in the back of my mind, I'm like, Man, I should really be doing that or I, sh I shouldn't be doing this. And, and, uh, I'm like, that's a good idea. And then by the time I'm done with the interview or I go home, I'm it's, it's so easy to get just back to your regular life, you know, and not have to worry about any of that stuff. Yeah, we're back to our old tricks. Hey Pete, really yeah. quickly, go ahead and tell people, I'm sure that people are intrigued after hearing your advice. Tell people, what you do and how they can 
connect with you and use your services and, um, and, and work with you if this is an area of interest for them. Yeah, so our two companies, one's called Your Money Line, and it's an employee benefit where employers <laughs> sign up to have their employees uh, have access here, Charlie. to our... <laughs> I know, Charlie is involved by this explanation. Uh, <laughs> the light of our is... life is Amazon yeah. deliveries, so that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> so we just solve financial problems uh, for employees. Uh, our other business is Hey Money, which is we solve financial problems for consumers. So right now, we're taking hundreds of phone calls a week of our financial experts who are all the things we just talked about uh, together, Matt and Jenny, is what we do on a very personal level for people. And so if people are interested in that, they can go to callheymoney.com, callheymoney.com, and you can see how all that works. Callheymoney.com. And do you need to be a member or anything to call or they can kind of figure it out on the on the website? Yeah, they can figure out on the website. We, it's really simple. It's 20 bucks a month. We, we want to make it yeah. accessible. Awesome. This is not thousands of dollars a year. It's 20 bucks a month and we help you solve what you're dealing with. That is so awesome. And how can they get a hold of you? Give, shout out your social media handles so everyone can um, see you and, and the family. Yeah, at Pete the Planner on just about everything. Although I don't have a TikTok, but it's not going to happen. Uh, Pete, that is really short-sighted of you, and of I do future. not approve of you not having a TikTok. I don't have time. Like, I, yeah, I, I know my daughter wants to get TikTok, and then I'm like, well, maybe I should check it out. And I'm just, I'm old. Look, you guys are like, well, we're a millennial. I'm not. I'm an old man. If you're seeing the visual, you, right, you know that I'm 42. I don't have time for this. You're not. I am on Team Ollie with Team TikTok. Okay, so he's going to be at Pete the Planner for now. And eventually when he gets a TikTok, he'll be on Pete the Planner there. Matt Stoker, what about you? Where can everybody find you? Uh, the best place is on Instagram, Matt Stoker 1. You can kind of see. I don't I don't have any pictures up in my home office yet. Maybe I'll take a picture of the beautiful ironing board that I'm using right yeah. now as a desk. Um, and the dogs have been working with me throughout the uh, last couple of days. They're not in here today. I needed them to be quiet, but you can find them there as well. Again, Matt Stoker one on Instagram and also on the second shot Facebook group and uh, popping into the video premieres whenever they go live. Yes, Pete, thank you for sharing all of this information. This is a sincere service to our audience. I just, man, it was good to reconnect with you. I loved it. Thank you, Jenny. It's so good to see you and to hear your voice again. It warms my heart, honestly. And Matt, it was great being with you too. Thank you. And please say hi to Ollie and Ted. Give them hugs for me. Say hello to Mrs. Planner. And um, everybody, I will chat with you next week. We will get rolling with our regular episodes. We'll get the whole team back together next week on Second Shot. Uh, Heath did pop in to say, don't forget to remind them to leave a rating or review on uh on iTunes or whatever platform you are on. We are trying to keep our little small business rolling here and we um, we sincerely appreciate your support. If there's an interview that you wanna see, a topic you want us to cover, we are taking requests. You can send it to us at secondshotcast at gmail.com. Also join the Second Shot group. We are filling it with hilarious memes and advice. Uh, Facebook.com slash group slash Second Shot. And we will look forward to seeing you next week. Bye-bye, everybody.